If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers, and they're all made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com, and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show on this Monday before Independence Day. While we're on vacation today, my team and I put together a special episode featuring some of the best segments from the show for you to enjoy. Picked again for special levels of hotness. I'd also like to remind everyone we'll be back here with our regular daily live shows at 11 a.m. next Monday, July 10th. Wish you all a happy Independence Day with your families and friends celebrating the country we all love. Spygate, Obama was in charge. Collusion hoax, Obama's in charge. The Hillary email scandal, Obama's in charge. The bribery scandal, Obama's in charge. There's a common threat. This isn't a conspiracy theory. What did I just say that's not factually accurate? Now, as this Biden scandal explodes with this allegation that he took a $5 million bribe as vice president, Obama's vice president, keep that in mind. Andy Biggs appeared on Fox yesterday. He was talking about these massive payoffs they have bank records of. They now have bank records. Nobody disputes the authenticity of these bank records flowing into the the Biden Inc. crime network while he's vice president. Nobody disputes it. Listen to Biggs talk about how big this network of payments is. They can't run from this anymore. Check this out. Money has changed hands, gone to multiple uh, business entities uh, that we believe were shell corporations set up by the Biden family. And it's gone to nine members of the Biden family, including grandchildren from various nations or bad actors in various nations. So you look at it and you say, this seems to be credible and have a link to Joe Biden. Certainly, um, if, if it's not providing a link um, evidentiary-wise, it certainly would temporarily-wise. What I mean by that is timing-wise. It would be consistent with the timing of him being vice president and timing with all of these other monies coming into these accounts. It would be consistent with the time he was vice president. I'll ask you again, if he's vice president, what decision-making authority does he have? The answer is freaking zero. Folks, the vice president, if he's not casting a deciding vote in the Senate, he's the president of the Senate, is useless. Do you understand that? He's useless. How did Obama not know? The answer is he probably did. Let's back up a little bit here. If Obama knew about Biden's bribe and did nothing about it, how serious is this and how did this bribe work? Just the news. Check out my newsletter today, Bongino.com slash newsletter. If you want to read the article, FBI harbored Biden allegations since 2017 through impeachment elections, lawmaker says. Talking about Jim Comer. Folks, they've known about this. The FBI has been covering for Obama since 2017. It's 2023. 
He said the version of the informant report that, that was, they were allowed to see had about 10% of the information redacted and made clear the allegations were first reported to the FBI back in 2017 as Donald Trump was beginning his term as president. Isn't that convenient? Comer noted, as I said, ding, 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 prediction number 1,246 comes true. Comer told Just the News, yes, the bribe, it's Ukraine. That's where the bribe came from. Gee's <laughs> shocked, Joe. Gee, show us your shock face. That's weird. It looks like his normal face. That's crazy. Wow. We've only, I wrote about this in my book, Follow the Money. I wrote about, there's a whole chapter here. Look, I don't, I don't give a crap if you buy it or not. Get it from the library. There's a chapter called Insane in Ukraine. I've been telling you about this forever. Ukraine was a piggy bank for everybody, including the Biden team. Now, here's where the story gets freaky deaky do. What are you laughing at? What's so funny? The meter on the screen. Oh, the yeah. These guys. Mess I know. I, that's, you guys are good. I told them you guys feel free to play around <laughs> the show. The audience loves it in the chat. Yeah. If you're not watching on Rumble and you're listening on Apple or Spotify, check it out. You see me just laughing at. at. No. <laughs> Folks, it gets worse. Comer said the informant's allegation is a Ukrainian businessman was to pay $5 million to the Biden family in return for a U.S. policy decision Joe Biden could impact. Notice the word impact. Why? Didn't say a policy decision Joe Biden could make because for the third time, Biden was not the president. He was right. vice president. The decision was made by Obama. He said they're following the money. It's been flushed through numerous LLCs and bank accounts, and they're beginning to search now for offshore accounts. Folks, this is only the biggest political scandal of our time. Okay, now you get the contours of the argument here. All right, it's about Obama. How do you know Obama knew? Because they've told us? <laughs> because they've told <laughs> What do you mean they've told us? Uh, September 23rd, 2020. 2020. Again, three years ago, Wall Street Journal. Hunter Biden's Ukraine work raised concerns with Obama officials. GOP-led probe confirms. Two Obama administration officials raised concerns to the White House in 2015. In 2015, about Hunter Biden serving on the board of a Ukrainian natural gas company while his father, Joe Biden, led U.S. policy efforts towards the country. A Senate investigation concluded. Hmm. Kind of weird, right? How nobody's really reporting. Are you hearing about this anywhere but but this this show? Anywhere? Put it in the chat, please. If you are, let me know. Let me know because I want to hat tip other people too. I'm not, I don't mean to be. I'm not trying to be an ass about it. You hearing about this anywhere? We've only put this stuff together years ago. So Obama's team knew as far back as 2015 that Biden's team was taking money. Probably knew Biden's team was being bribed as well. Because they had bank records and SARS were being filed. SARS? Uh, uh, suspicious activity reports? You think the Obama administration didn't know about them? They're filed with FinCEN, Financial Crimes Investigating uh, Center out there we have. They're filed with the, the Treasury gets these things. You think they didn't know? Here's a real kick in the ass. 
Here's the Washington Post for in a, in a bizarre act of actual journalism back in 2019. I think this is them trying to get Biden out of the race in 2019 because they knew he'd be a liability. As vice president, Biden said Ukraine should increase gas production. Then his son got a job with a Ukrainian gas company. <laughs> Keep that up. That is so strange. Whistleblower source says a $5 million bribe from Ukraine is paid to Joe Biden. Wall Street Journal says the Obama team knew about Biden's money exchanging hands from Ukraine, says that they knew about Hunter Biden's grifting work. And then the Washington Post reports that from the moment Hunter Biden took the job in 2014, Republicans said it was a conflict of interest for the Bidens, then vice president, who was a point person on Ukraine policy in Obama's administration. Oh, look at this line. Look at this little gem. Biden offered U.S. aid to Ukraine to increase gas production, which could benefit the Ukrainian energy industry. I'm sure that is a huge coincidence. Folks, again, in the chat, a simple why or an an will do, yes or no. Do you think it's a big coinky dink? Yes, it's a coincidence that Biden is alleged to have taken a $5 million bribe at the same time he offered U.S. aid to Ukraine as the bribes alleged to have come from Ukraine to increase natural gas while his son was working on a natural gas company with no natural gas experience. Do you believe that's a coincidence? A simple why or an N will do? Yeah, anyone. Yes, someone put a Y in there. There's a thousand N's, but there's only one Y. Who is You must be messing with us. Or it's a troll or some kind of bot. Quid pro, is that a quid pro? No, gee, stop. Not being all reading and stuff. Something for Sunday. Gee, doing reading. Freaking idiot over there reading stuff. Using fancy <laughs> language, fancy words. Quid pro quo. You mean like something for something? You mean like a deal, an illicit bargain? Of course it's a quid pro quo. Any idiot can see this. Kind of like what they accuse Trump of doing. So weird. It's like Hillary's colluding with a foreign national to steal an election as she accuses Trump of colluding with a foreign national to steal an election. And then they impeach Trump over a quid pro quo with Ukraine, knowing Biden was engaged in a quid pro quo with Ukraine. I thought it was a he thought it was an impeachable offense, too. No, no, not when it's a Democrat. No, you're acting like we live in a serious constitutional republic anymore. Not an absolute tyranny we live in now. So another story drops about Epstein, which is probably going to bake your bagels like it did mine. So first, let's go back to what we talked about on Monday. The Wall Street Journal dropped this gem over the weekend about Epstein's private calendar revealing prominent names, including a CIA chief, Goldman's top lawyer, and the lawyer they're talking about is Catherine Rumler, who was who? Not to belabor this point, she was Obama's White House lawyer. She was known as the fixer. What? The is Catherine Rumler, Obama's fixer, meeting with Jeffrey Epstein for? Kind of weird, no? What is she fixing? It's really strange because Catherine Rumler, the Obama fixer, also represented this guy, George Nader, who was a source for Bob Mueller in the fake pee-pee tape hoax against Donald Trump. And by the way, Nader was known to have Middle Eastern connections. And the rumors out there, as I said to you on Monday, and I'll say again, that Jeffrey Epstein may have had Middle East connections in the spy business, if you know what I mean. 
We also have to put two together. Uh, Gee, am I not? Am I, am I not explaining this right? You can, okay. So you got Obama's fixer, who is representing as a lawyer or meeting with two people with suspected Middle East connections to the spy and intelligence business as they're setting up Donald Trump. Ah, uh, so strange. So so strange. And then we see this little gem back from 2020. I think we put this article up before. But this was really weird. You remember when Epstein was arraigned? It's so strange. So two people, this is the Daily Beast, by the way. It's a left-wing outlet. In case you think, oh, conspiracy theory. It's a left-wing outlet, you morons on the left. I mean, a far left-wing outlet. They noticed that this court appearance, that someone was there showing support. Quote, two people who separately attended the hearing said, Catherine Rumler, who served as White House counsel during the Clinton and Obama administrations, had a, quote, professional relationship with Epstein and was seated behind his defense team. <laughs> Joe, hey. anybody weird. is any we you know what's weird? Weird. That this isn't one of the biggest, you know, outside of the journal covering this, this story's almost nowhere. It's been nowhere on cable news. So you got this big finance guy and everybody's like, wait, he made his money in finance. How? And everyone's like scratching their heads. Like, I have no idea how he made his money. He's also alleged to have been connected to the spy community. Oh, oh, in the Middle East. And then Obama's fixer shows up at his court appearance who used to rep Clinton and Obama in the White House and is seated, seated right behind the defense team. Nothing to see here, folks. Don't you worry. It's all good. Story gets better. This is what came. But why am I bringing this up today? Dan, you covered this on Monday. Well, something else dropped yesterday. Epstein documents, Wall Street Journal, part deux. In America, called part two. This dropped yesterday. Dinners with Lawrence Summers. That was Clinton's Treasury Secretary. Movie screenings with Woody Allen, too. Wow, this Epstein, man. This guy really got around. But I don't really care about Woody Allen. We already know his story. I care about these two names from the Wall Street Journal. Oh, he was meeting with Reed Hoffman. Now, if you're asking yourself who's Reed Hoffman, ladies and gentlemen, this guy is um, as influential in the far-left progressive anti-American causes, George Soros. No. Yes. Reed Hoffman is a billionaire venture capitalist, and he founded a site you may have heard of called LinkedIn. Turns out, according to the journal's reporting, Reed Hoffman visited Epstein's private island in the Caribbean and was scheduled to stay over at his Manhattan townhouse back in 2014. Reed Hoffman, big liberal donor, big censorship guy, too. Big censorship guy. Censor, maybe why aren't we hearing about the Jeffrey Epstein censors? Oh, oh, oh. Lego pieces coming together. Here's another one, Ehud Barak. He's kind of an important guy. He was only the former prime minister of Israel. Turns out he visited Epstein dozens of times and accepted flights on Epstein's private jet. You know, it's always been alleged that he was connected to Middle Eastern intelligence. Kind of strange, this whole thing. Here's an interesting little video from Ehud Barak, too, who is uh, knee-deep in leftism, who um, just talked about openly how they basically engaged in a coup in Israel trying to screw over uh, right-leaning uh, Benjamin Netanyahu because there's a court system in Israel. It's out of control. So Ehud Barak, who's a far-left radical, who seems to know Epstein really well, 
He just kind of laid out how these leftist revolts happen. You see how these swampies are all connected? Maybe why they want to make this Lepstein story go away. Here, take a listen to this. So it's a clash. There's a top-down uh, regime change using the tools, the, the legal tools of uh, democracy facing a counter-revolution from, from bottom up. And uh, we will win. I'm confident of it. Um, because I know our people, and we have uh, even empirical evidence for this. Some uh, 11 years ago, in uh, two ladies, scholars, Chenwes and Stefan, published in uh, Columbia, a, a research they made of uh, hundreds of civil protests uh, in the last uh, over 100 years, from 1900 to 2006, and they found a common denominator. All these uh, protests which succeeded, where they reached a, a level of 3.5 of the percent of the population, which is, which ends up to be about 8 percent of the adult population, uh, tenaciously and persistently keeping the protests, boycott, uh, civil disobedience, and so on. At the end, the government either fall or capitulate. And this is exactly, we, we already crossed this number within less than three months. So we are heading in the right direction. The publication called Why Civil Resistance Well. Uh, he's just laying out the battle plan for the left on how to take to the streets with a small number of people. He even gives you a number, 3.5%, to basically overthrow the government. That is a former prime minister of Israel who, oh, conveniently, according to this report, has had multiple contacts with Jeffrey Epstein, who's now dead who was rumored to have Middle Eastern spy contacts. So strange, man. So strange. It's like these lefties have been engaging in this plot um, to take back, uh, take back governments, duly elected governments, and turn them over to Antifa types for a really long time. And maybe Epstein knew a lot of the players in there. So strange. Yeah, it is. Every single time. So he met with Reed Hoffman, too. Reed Hoffman, as you can see here in this CNBC piece, notice how I use left-leaning uh, left sources. It's not to give them clicks, ladies and gentlemen. It's to defeat any moron leftist in the chat right now. Do we have any moron leftists in there uh, who might say, sounds like a conspiracy theory. Really? By the Daily Beast and CNBC? They're drawing up the conspiracy theory? <laughs> LinkedIn co-founder Reed Hoffman hopes to get more Democrats elected to Congress this fall by beating some in the primaries. He wanted the radicals elected. Oh, look, Reed Hoffman, big Democrat donor, far left uh, street activist extraordinaire Ehud Barak in Israel. They all seem to love Jeffrey Epstein, big money guy, strange, who seemed to have tapes on a lot of people. And I love it. the deep state, this one, it's a conspiracy theory. Really? That's crazy. Here's Axios, another left wing outlet. You sensing a pattern here? Exclusive. Billionaires back a new media firm to combat disinformation, i.e., let me just rewrite this title. Billionaires back a new media firm to censor anyone who calls them out on their plot to usher in a new era of socialism. That's the appropriate title. Well, who's it, who is involved in this? Who is it? A new public benefit corporation backed by billionaires. Reed Hoffman and George Soros. Whoa. is launching Tuesday to fund new media companies and efforts that tackle disinformation, i.e. conservatives who look into Reed Hoffman, George Soros, Jeffrey Epstein, Clinton, Obama, and Biden. This was from October 2021. Makes sense now? You see what's going on here, folks? 
it's pretty clear right now that Epstein, whether he was a cutout, whether he was a voluntary, witting, or unwitting partner in an intelligence gathering operation, it appears a lot of people want to make this story go away. And the people who want to make this story go away, because they may have been gathering bribery material on others, have the ability to make it go away because the exact same people, the Reed Hoffmans and the George Soroses of the world and the others, are engaged in operations like Good Information, Inc., which do nothing but censor people who, like me or try to censor me. It doesn't really work very well. Who try to talk about it. Folks, I'm going to ask you again. Does it make sense now why you're not hearing more about this story? Because the people in charge of this global cabal of idiots out there trying to hide the truth don't want you to hear about this story and have the power to censor it. Do you ever wonder why every time we start reporting on what George Soros is up to, an article fact check pops up that says you're an anti-Semite? which is so obscenely ridiculous coming from anti-Semitic liberals that to discard it and throw it in the fire. But it does its job. It scares some people, not us. You ever notice when you start talking about these billionaires like Reed Hoffman and others, again, PolitiFact and others, jump right on the story to make sure no one can see it? Now do you understand why you're not hearing more about the Epstein story? Epstein met with Obama and Clinton's lawyer. According to multiple reports here, I just gave you left-leaning sources. The fixer is hiding something Epstein was up to. I'm, I, I, it pains me to not have an exact answer for you, but I don't want to get out ahead of my skis. This is how you get in trouble with my audience. Now, forget the lefties. With my, because I, I need you to trust me. I don't know what he was up to. I have some speculative ideas, I said, based on the rumors that by a lot of people, by the way, that he was an intelligence asset, that he may have video evidence of people involved in some really bad stuff. But I'm not sure. But I'm telling you that Catherine Rumler does not get involved with both George Nader, who was a Mueller source, and Jeffrey Epstein if she doesn't know something and the Democrats didn't want it to go away. By the way, just to show you how committed they are to censorship now, the Reed Hoffmans and making stories like this that make them uncomfortable go away. This was Obama just the other day recording this video message. And I want you to notice he pays special attention in this video message he put out on Twitter. Special attention to the fact that he's going to be really involved with censoring the Internet by, by, uh, uh, by basically de declaring what's a good source and what's not, i.e. censorship from the left. Check this out. I plan to keep shining a light on the biggest challenges that democracy faces. That includes revitalizing our political institutions, coming up with more inclusive and sustainable models of capitalism and creating a stronger democratic culture. But it also means creating an information environment that reinforces rather than erodes our democracy. One in which truth matters. One in which we are able to distinguish between fact an opinion, one in which we're able to tell a common story and not just a bunch of separate stories that reinforce our biases and our prejudices. These are areas where we're going to have to do better for our democracy to stay strong. Folks, that's a, a bold word salad, okay? What Obama is saying there is it's up to us to both control and silence in the future. The control mechanisms mechanisms we're going to use are through the swamp. 
We're going to have our fixers and our money people rig the system, right? And then when people like me expose the system, we're going to use the Reed Hoffmans and the George Soroses of the world to silence any negative information that comes out via fact checks, via public pressure, via the far left media. Folks, this is real, man. We're engaged in a real fight for information. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. All right, folks, the Soros money machine's heating up, and you better start getting concerned about it. Soros's money has been a big deal. He puts it into a bunch of causes that have caused destruction in the streets, the destruction of our country. And, of course, the left, you know, wants misdirection. They don't want you talking about Soros, which makes us do what, fellas, on the show when they tell us not to talk about it? What do we do, Joe? When yeah, people we tell talk us, about it. Yeah. We talk about it twice. We right. say, once just to stick it to you and another time to give you the double barrel. So whenever you tell us not to talk about it, we're going to talk about it twice. So here's what's going on. This was a big breaking news story in the Wall Street Journal this weekend. Folks, the Soros money machine is going to get hot. <laughs> Wall Street Journal, George Soros hands control to his 37-year-old son. Who notes? <laughs> I'm more political. Really? How do you get more political? His dad is literally, not figuratively, one of the largest donors to not just leftists, but radical leftist causes anywhere in the known cosmos. And the son notes, hey, you know, we think alike, the elder Soros said, while embracing some different causes, voting, abortion rights, gender equity, all leftist buzz terms. Interesting. Turn it over to the kid who says he's even more political. Any criticism of this is anti-Christian. I want you to know that on the record, you've been warned. Southern Poverty Law Center might come for you. Now, what does all of this mean for you? None of it's good. The Soros money machine is conveniently heating up right before the election. And here is an author of mine in my publishing company, Matt Palumbo. He's also the editor of Bongino Report. A little Bongino Report mug here. Matt wrote an amazing book called The Man Behind the Curtain. He was on Fox this weekend talking about what this means. And how George Soros uh, met with Kamala Harris. Is that the clip here or is it the other one? Is that Matt? Yeah, this is the David Asman clip, right? He, I want you to pay very close attention to what he's... Sorry, I, that's not... Yeah, I actually lost track of that one. Matt's on here, expert, man behind the curtain. He wrote the definitive book about George Soros. Pay very close attention to what he says at the end here. How Soros' son met with Kamala Harris, right? As this money machine's about to open up. But conveniently... That wasn't on the schedule. It's almost like they're trying to hide something. Take a look. Well, Alexander Soros, key in on that last name, the son of liberal billionaire George Soros, met with Vice President Kamala Harris earlier this week. Senator Marsha Blackburn reacted to the meeting saying, quote, it's laughable that the left wants you to believe that the Soros family has no influence 
in politics. Matt Palumbo, author of Man Behind the Curtain, joins me now. So how deep, Matt, is the Soros influence in the Democratic Party? Well, I argue that he has more influence in the Biden administration, um, really, than any other administration. And, you know, the, and, the, and by the way, when you say he, yeah, you're George. referring both to George and his son? Yeah, both George and the son. And I, I will say it's, it's fascinating with George that his whole life, and the media has gone along with this, um, has made criticism of him and his network and, and really suggesting that there's anything negative going on into a conspiracy theory. And that his son Alex is now sort of, it looks like really taking over the empire and he is doing it out in the open. There is, you really can't call it a conspiracy unless you're the mainstream media trying to cover this. And with uh, VP Harris, you know, notably that meeting was missing from her public schedule that day. Oh, interesting. That's just fascinating. Missing from the public schedule as if it wasn't an official meeting, almost like it was a non-official meeting about official Visual stuff. Hmm. Soros money machine. Getting ready. Joe, is it an election season or a presidential thing coming up? Yes, I think sometimes. Are you sure? I have to check, yeah. Justin, you sure? Justin says he heard a little something, but he's not sure. Strange how Soros and the money machine always start popping back in the news cycle. And yet the Democrats run from it and go, ah, it's anti-Semitic when you talk about a liberal advocating for liberal issues. So strange how it always happens to pop up right around the election. Now, if you want the two definitive books on what Soros is up to, okay? The Man Behind the Curtain is Matt's, uh, he'll be Matt Palumbo's book. He'll be on my show later. But my book, Follow the Money, folks. Again, rent it from the library. I don't care. I'm not trying to say, we wrote the book a long time ago. I promise you that this stuff's about the dough. But in the book, Follow the Money, the opening chapter is called Insane in Ukraine. And ladies and gentlemen, you can read all about what George Soros did to interfere in the uh, last election and the election before that. One of the uh, the chapters, Insane in Ukraine, how Soros is involved in everything. Ukraine, the stuff going on in the FBI, how his Open Societies Foundation is involved. But one of the things you may have forgotten is that one of the places Soros' group donated to, this is from the book, Follow the Money, this is right in chapter one. There's three sections on Soros in chapter one alone. In 2017, Soros gave $1 million to the Democracy Integrity Project, a group founded by Dan Jones to do what? Investigate interference in Western elections by hostile foreign powers? Jones, a former FBI analyst and staffer for Dianne Feinstein, wrangled over $7 million in revenue for his nonprofit. Gosh, Soros gave a lot of money to these guys, his group. It's so strange. He says, I wrote in a book, he says, like it's someone else. Let's reverse engineer this. Jones, it turns out, didn't just hire the firm that kicked off the entire Spygate fiasco. Fusion GPS hired itself. Here's Glenn Simpson describing in the third person how the Democracy Integrity Project was born after Simpson reached out to Dan Jones. And I go into the whole thing. So George Soros's money in the Open Societies Foundation were involved with one of the guys who started the whole collusion hoax, Dan Jones. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's all laid out there in the book. What about the whole Ukraine thing? It's almost like George Soros had business interests in Ukraine and his group, the Open Societies Foundation, were funding another group called Ant-AC. And Soros' group, Ant-AC, was being used to go after some of Soros' business rivals. So strange. Here's another excerpt from the book. In 2016, as the presidential election heated up, Ukraine's prosecutor general's office began an investigation into Ant-AC, which was heavily funded by Soros. 
about the possible misuse of millions of funds and had an inquiry set to the U.S. ambassador, uh, Jeffrey Pyatt, George Kent, the charge. And this diplomat, that's diplomatic speak for the second in command. He responded to Deputy Prosecutor General Yuri Stoliarchuk with a two-page letter that said the United States had no concerns about the use of our assistance funds and noted we've accounted for every single foreign assistance dollar spent on projects in Ukraine. Deep into the letter, however, Kent, wait, go back. He switched to you. Kent then pressured Stoliarchuk about Ant AC. Oh, he did. The investigation into Ant AC based on the assistance they received from us is similarly misplaced, Kent wrote. Less than a week after Shokin was removed from office. So at the time the letter arrived with a void at Ukraine's top legal offices, no replacement had been named. Kent was obviously applying pressure to the agency over Soros's pet project. So just to be clear, the charge, one of the big shots in our Ukrainian embassy, all comes back to Ukraine, folks. That's why the chapter is called Insane in Ukraine. George Kent wrote a letter that he had no concerns about this group Soros was funding, Ant AC. After the prosecutor they all wanted out that was looking into Biden got fired. Fire the prosecutor. All of a sudden, a letter shows up. Oh, you know what? The U.S. Embassy has no concerns with that George Soros group. Strange, right? Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Trump called it, though. Oh, did he call it? Did he ever call it? Ladies and gentlemen, I am, I am resolutely committed on this show to exposing the deep state. And today, I'd like to introduce you to the deep state queen. Hillary Clinton? No, no, no. Donald Trump exposed it yesterday because he clearly knew something was up. Donald Trump on True Social. Here's Biden sitting with Lisa Monaco. Second in charge of the Justice Department, probably working on future plots and schemes against Republicans. Boom, June 19th, 2023. What happens today? The number two with the DOJ, who I'm sure she knew about it, supervised a deal with Merrick Garland to give Hunter Biden a sweetheart deal on a gun charge and a tax evasion charge where he gets no jail time, gets to plea, and the Biden administration goes, oh, look, it's all over. Forget about the international influence peddling and all the tapes I played for you last week of Joe Biden engaged in international blackmail schemes and getting people fired looking into it. Huh, how about that? How about that is right. You think Trump tweeted that out yesterday by accident? This is episode number 2,426 of Donald Trump was right again. Now, folks, again, talking about it now is kind of dumb. I should have just mentioned it yesterday. Regardless, on my reputation, I swear to you, I saw this come out yesterday in the Washington Post, and I'm thinking to myself, something is definitely up. The Washington Post put out this piece with the hapless Carol Lenning and Aaron Davis, who cannot get a story right ever, ever. I have experience with this one. What a mess. I'll never forget that Secret Service story about the agent driving into the barricade. She had to change 20 times because she couldn't get the story right. Here's Carol Lenning at the Washington Post. This is yesterday, folks. 
They are setting you up in an Admiral Akbar trap like you've never seen. FBI resisted opening probe into Trump's role in January 6th for more than a year. Look at the names in the piece, folks. Look at the names. You think it's an accident? Trump tweets out a picture with Lisa Monaco, the deuce at Department of Justice, the number two. The Washington Post is setting you up. Someone at Justice clearly knew this sweetheart deal with Hunter Biden was going to come out today. So to make the Justice Department, to put some lipstick on this pig, they launch an article with the friendlies at the Washington Post the day before going, Department of Justice is not partisan. Matter of fact, they didn't even want to prosecute Donald Trump. Joe, what a coincidence. What, hey. what a coincidence. Justice is done. Here, read, read, read the word. Read the wording. Read the wording. A wariness about appearing partisan, institutional caution, and clashes over how much evidence was sufficient to investigate the actions of Trump and those around him all contributed to the slow pace. Garland and the Deputy Attorney General, Lisa Monaco, oh, charted a cautious course aimed at restoring public trust in the department, while some prosecutors below them chafed feeling top officials were shying away, looking at evidence against crime, of crimes by Donald Trump and those close to him. I want to play this uh, video for you from Fox News. This was David Spunt a long time ago, by the way. Now do you get what's going on? The Washington Post was totally working the refs here. 100% working the refs. They knew exactly what was going to go down. Here's Fox months ago. Talking about how the decisions about Hunter Biden and all this, all of this was being marshaled together by who? Yeah, Lisa Monaco. God save the queen. Check this out. Ultimately, Martha, uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland, Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco, these are characters that are being briefed on the Hunter Biden investigation. Uh, we reported on Fox News just about a month and a half ago that the grand jury looking into potential charges uh, for Hunter Biden ended its term over the summer. Thanks a lot. Someone in the chat, chat said, you didn't uh, let us down, you, you know, the Bongino rule. But no, this is different. The, the Bongino rule is, doesn't apply here. Because this was just my opinion that something was going to happen. And it was opinion based on informed speculation about how the Washington Post works. I should have put that out there, man. Monaco, Lisa Monaco, is the deep state queen. She is knee deep, ladies and gentlemen, in multiple scandals. It's now clear they were working the refs, the American public, putting this piece out to the Washington Post to prep you for Monaco and Garland to give you the giant double-barreled moving middle finger, which I don't think I've done yet. That's a first time. So who is Lisa Monaco? I'd argue to you she's even more dangerous than uh, Merrick Garland. Lisa Monaco has been knee-deep in multiple scandals. Shall we go through the list? She's the deuce at the DOJ. Don't forget. Knee-deep in the Enron scandal. Knee-deep as Mueller's chief of staff. She was Bob Mueller's chief of staff? Yes, sir. Knee-deep in probably advising the Mueller probe. She was knee-deep in Spygate when they were spying on Donald Trump. Who was the counterterrorism advisor to Obama? Oh, my gosh. Lisa Monaco. So weird. 
the Trump prosecutions. She's the DOJ number two as they keep throwing the book at Donald Trump with fake charges. The Hunter Biden case, knee deep in that. How do I know? I just played it for you and showed you the Washington Post article about it. Girls are the devil. You know, she's knee deep in the January 6th prosecutions too, as the deuce over at DOJ, right? Here's Tom Cotton up on Capitol Hill, picked up something really interesting about the January 6th case. How they're using a unique interpretation of obstruction of official proceeding to prosecute the January 6th guys and gals, but not to prosecute Antifa or anyone else that storms a courthouse anywhere. And who's he asking the questions to? Yes, ma'am. One, Lisa Monaco. Take a look. I want to turn my attention to something for which you do have responsibility, though. Um, there's a statute, a criminal statute, Section 1512, entitled Tampering with a Witness, Victim, or Informant. Uh, most of that statute focuses on the altering destruction or hiding of records to be used in official proceeding. Miss um, Monaco, are you aware of this statute? Yes. Do you know when it was adopted? It was adopted, um, if memory serves, after the um, financial collapse of Enron and other corporate malfeasance. In 2002, after the Enron scandal and a law called the Corporate Fraud and Accountability Act of 2002, it also includes a catch-all phrase uh, prohibiting not just the destruction, hiding of evidence, but also any acts that, quote, otherwise obstruct, influence, or impede an official proceeding. Uh, the department is currently using that catch-all provision to prosecute hundreds of Americans uh, for their actions on January 6, 2021, on the grounds of the United States Capitol. I want to be clear, I'm not talking here about uh, persons who committed violent acts against law enforcement officers. This Lisa Monaco has some really strange readings of the law. Crazy how her and Andrew Weissman completely screwed up the Enron scandal got there smacked around by the court system for abuses of power, and yet they keep failing up the ranks. It's so strange. And then she's got this rather unique reading of the January 6th case and a rather unique reading of apparently the Presidential Records Act. It's almost as if the queen, Lisa Monaco of the deep state, is making this all up as she goes along. And conveniently, it breaks today that Lisa Monaco, the deuce at the DOJ, apparently must have signed off at some point on this decision to give Hunter Biden a sweetheart deal while a bunch of young black men and women and poor white men and Hispanic men who don't have legal protection are in jail on gun crimes. And that's good. We want people in jail if you use the gun in a crime. Except it's weird how the anti-gun white patriarchy left seems to want to give Hunter Biden a pass on the exact same charge and Lisa Monaco's knee-deep right in that whole thing. So strange. Folks, China has Joe Biden on missile lock. You ever see Top Gun? You ever see Top Gun? Oh, they got us on missile lock. China's got this guy unlocked. They have no respect for him. Get ready today or you'll regret it tomorrow. Here's a Wall Street Journal piece I was going to cover yesterday, but we got sidetracked with other stuff. China's military provocations. Ladies and gentlemen, this is just the past two weeks. Pay attention to the signs. They are all around you. On May 26th, the Chinese fighter jet came within 400 yards of a U.S. recon plane flying in international airspace, airspace above the South China Sea. Forced the U.S. plane to fly through its wake. 
Hmm. Sounds provocative. Why would they do that? Oh, we're not done. China's defense officials snubbed the request by Defense Secretary Austin for a bilateral meeting on the sidelines of the annual Singapore Security Conference this week. These meetings have become routine at the annual conference. And Mr. Austin criticized China's opposition to military communication that could reduce misunderstanding. Hmm, China flipped off our defense secretary after buzzing our plane. That seems a little strange, doesn't it? Here's another one. A Chinese naval ship this weekend came within 150 yards of a U.S. missile destroyer traversing the Taiwan Strait with a Canadian warship. The U.S. views such patrols as essential to maintaining the principle of freedom of navigation, but China claims the strait as its territorial waterway. Wow, that's a lot of action over the past year. It's two weeks. That's the last two weeks. What do you think they're doing this by mistake? Now, Joe, neither you nor I are fighter pilots, but I got to imagine, like, you see a Yukon, uh, a U.S. recon plane, you probably yeah. know it's in the sky. Like, oh, gosh, look, I just flew within 400 yards. What a mistake that was. How did that happen? And then you're on the water and you're like, what is that big ship? Oh, look, it's a U.S. missile destroyer. Oh, let's cut in front of it. What do you think this is, go-karts? Oh, there's Defense Secretary Austin. Yeah, he wants to meet and talk about reducing ways for a misunderstanding and avoiding World War III. Ah, tell him to go F himself. Oh, okay. Nothing to worry about, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Joe, he's stealing my line. Remember, Joe? Joe, in some limited circles, we'd call that a what? A clue. Gee chooses the word pattern instead. I'll stick with clue, but Gee's not wrong. <laughs> we'd call that a pattern. Now, here's the kicker. Here's the coup de grace of this whole thing. It appears the Chinese Communist Party, now this is on CNN, so take it with a grain of salt, but the footage is authentic. The Chinese Communist Party appears to be prepping its people for something. Oh, really? Yeah, see, we don't get the Chinese Communist Party news here. But if you did, you would see that they're putting out every day information over their propaganda airwaves, trying to get their people to hate the United States. It's almost like they're prepping for people for war and trying not to mistake, make the mistake Putin made by not prepping the battlefield more to get his people more riled up for the Ukraine invasion. It's almost like the Chinese learned something from Ukraine and that they're preparing for war now. Now do you see why I keep telling you to get your food, stock up on your water, make sure you've got some ammunition and some rounds. Worst day of your life, you need them. Best day of your life, you don't. Watch this report about Chinese propaganda and you tell me what they're up to. On the streets, in the skies, and on the sea, rising rhetoric, and the U.S. warns real danger of military confrontation. A growing list of U.S.-China flare-ups, fueling fierce anti-American sentiment among the Chinese public. Chinese state media adding fuel to the fire, blasting the airwaves with outrage. Public perception of the U.S. plummeting. A recent Chinese poll reveals more than half of those surveyed have a very unfavorable or somewhat unfavorable impression of the U.S. The U.S. keeps picking on China, says this man in Beijing. It feels like the U.S. is bullying China. Another making his views clear. I don't like the U.S. All bad things in the world are caused by the U.S. Now, it's interesting on our end how you've got Admiral Kirby, spokesman for the White House, a man who's really disgraced himself at this point, covering up for Biden. But you've got Kirby saying the exact opposite. Oh, we're trying to take down the rhetoric and all this stuff because our people in the White House are soft. And they're laughing at the Biden administration, the Chinese Communist Party, because what's the Chinese Communist Party telling its people? 
You better hate those mother... And we're coming for them next. And it's catching on. Why do you think they're doing that? Because they want better trade relations? I'm just asking you in the audience, not you because you're all smart. You're all a fan. You can see in the chat, you all have this thing figured out already. People are like, get a propane stove too. It's absolutely right. Charcoal, be ready. Be ready. There's no, there's no logical reason not to be. Folks, I never thought Putin would invade Ukraine. It was a blind spot. I admit that. I'm, I, you know, when you're on the air all the time, you make big mistakes sometimes. It was a strategic miscalculation. I thought it's idiocy to do that. Why would he do that? And he did it anyway. Because I thought, I was trying to think like a, a tactical economic decision, a rational maximizer. That's not how these communists think. That's not how they think. They think hegemonically. They don't care. Get ready today. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show.